the Lord. We're going to go ahead and get into some announcements here. Uh, man, who had a great Christmas season with all of the uh, happenings going on? Amen. Uh, we stayed very busy around here, uh, but uh, it was an awesome, awesome Christmas season. And we're so thankful uh, for uh, just all that the Lord did during that time. Okay, let's see here. Uh, first of all, if you did not get your 2024 calendar from... at the info booth and so make sure you stop uh, back there on your way out and grab one of those and they're free uh, one per household and like we've said if you know if you need to I mean I'm sure we can work something out but uh, you know we're, we're, we're pretty fair people so anyway uh, but if you uh, didn't get one make sure you do And we've got the brand new verse for 24 on there. Also, uh, we're going to continue our uh, reminders uh, for the first little while. Uh, again, that no food or drink other than water in the sanctuary. Uh, we're trying to keep the carpets nice and clean after the holidays and getting them professionally cleaned. And so, you know, we appreciate that you love your coffee and, you know, your donuts and stuff. But enjoy them, you know, somewhere else. Does that sound fair? Is that pretty nice? Okay, very good. Very good. All right. Well, let's get into some uh, new stuff here, all right? This Saturday is the January men's meeting. Boys, come on. Let's go. First one of the new year, 9 a.m., Victory Hall. And, of course, uh, our, we'll stick to our motto of breakfast, Bibles, and bros. So come on out, and uh, we have a great time uh, fellowship and hanging out, encouraging each other, and digging a little bit deeper into God's Word. So you can be there this Saturday, 9 a.m., next door in Victory Hall. And then uh, one of the big things coming up is membership class, everybody. Who's excited about membership class? Amen. And so, uh, it's going to be on Sunday the 14th. Now listen, if you're, you know, newer to the church or you've been here for a little bit and you've decided this is going to be my home church, this is where I'm putting down some roots, well, we would love for you to sign up for membership class. It's a one evening class from 4 to 7 p.m. And what we'll do is uh, just go over some of our own church history and uh, some of our core beliefs. And it's a good chance to get to know uh, just more about the church uh, and and if you want to ask questions or learn more, this is one of your best chances to be able to do that. And so uh, if you have decided this is going to be your home church, we would love for you to make it official. We kind of say it this way. Maybe you've been dating us. Now it's time to put a ring on the finger. You know what I mean? Come on. Anyway, okay. Uh, so 4 to 7 p.m. on the 14th. Praise God. Okay. And then uh, last announcement for now is FPU Financial Peace University is also uh, coming up in a few weeks starting the 21st and if you don't know what this is this is um, um, taught by Dave Ramsey who is a internationally known and respected Christian financial expert and he will teach you how to handle your finances God's way biblically how to do a budget and a lot of other very important things for you and uh, Pastor Josh and Julie facilitate it but we do have a short video uh, to play for this tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and um, let Blake roll that promo video for it. Amen. Go ahead. We had personal loans, student loans. I was living paycheck to paycheck. We were just doing what was normal. We worked too hard to be this broke. This is a 
wealth building plan. It's not just a get out of debt plan. Stuff you should have been taught in high school, but we weren't. I feel like I can do more things than I ever could. It just kind of gets started. Amen. All right, there you go. So if you want to register, you can go online to hdwc.org slash FPU. And uh, that's how you can sign up. And we do provide child care and everything else. So we want to make it uh, possible for everybody to be there that wants to attend. Amen. Okay. Well, that is all of the announcements for now. So who knows what time it is now? Yes, amen. It is time for our Wednesday evening tithes and offerings. And so pastor's going to go ahead and do that for us. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get one to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Say, I'm glad to be in church. I'd rather be here than the best jail or the best hospital. Or the best rehab center in California. I, I'm so glad to be here. Amen. Born again. Healthy. Delivered. Free. New year. Fresh start. Glory to God. Open up your Bible Matthew chapter 6. Go look at verse 31 to 33. And... Uh, I know Pastor Dave taught the other day, and I, I got to talk a little bit about it at communion time, that uh, the Lord helps us clear our spiritual calendar at the start of the year. And so everything, everything that was trash, worthless, useless, even everything that was good, you can't live in the past. You can praise God for the good things, but you have to bury it if you're going to go out and write a new page. Amen. We're in a brand new chapter today. We're in a brand new life this year, starting all over again. And I, I like where I'm at in life. How about you? Amen. Pastor Dave, you got a blank slate out here. You can work on it. <laughs> now, what, what I'm saying is I'm so glad to know the blood of Jesus lets me start over again. The blood of Jesus has me cleansed. And the things that I did last year that wasn't hits, they're taken care of. Because I confessed them to him. They're over with. They're done. They're behind me. I'm not going to worry about it. It's done. And this is a new year, and I praise God for all the victories last year. But Matthew chapter 6, I want you to see this. Then I'm going to tell you a little story about our life. It says, verse 31, Therefore take no thought, that's no anxious thought, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. For all these things do the Gentiles seek. And the Gentiles, he talked about then, was non-Jews, people weren't in the covenant. Well, today, we're in the covenant through Jesus. So we're not Gentiles anymore. We might be in the flesh, but in the spirit, we're Jews. We're Abraham's seed. And so it says all those things, people that don't know God, they try to put those first. It says, uh, for after all these things, they say, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. I want to tell you again, God knows how much toilet paper costs. He knows how much chicken costs. He knows how much gas costs. He knows what it costs to live today. He says your father knows you have need of all these things. And so then he says, and so therefore, walk away from God and just whine. That's not what you do. He says, but the not, not, non-covenant people seek all those things they need, but seek ye first 
the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Every kingdom has a king. Who do you think the king of the kingdom of God is? Called King Jesus. And Jesus never changes. His kingdom never changes. It says, seek ye first. Put God's kingdom first and his righteousness, his way of living right, according to the Bible. And all these things shall be subtracted unto you because God doesn't know the difference between addition and subtraction. No. Christians live that way that they think it's going to cost me. I'll never have enough if I put God first. If I tithe, I'm going to lose. Nah, Jesus said just the opposite. He said he's going to add, not subtract. And so when I, when I think about that, I, as we was doing a little bit of a pre, pre getting ready up here, a confession, I got to look back on our life and I was talking to somebody the other day, Mrs. Pastor and I, we got, I got born again in January 1980. That's 44 years ago. I got born again. I came from a non-Christian family into the kingdom of God. And I found out there's such a difference. No alcoholism, no perversion, no dirtiness, just a good, clean, different kind of life. I didn't know the devil's by enemy. I didn't know his behind the things that tempted me. And so when I found that out, when I got born again, I found out I could say no to sin. I said no to Satan and yes to Jesus. I gave those things up. And then in November of 1982, we got married. I'd been on the same Teamsters truck job since 1969. Been a good job, but all of a sudden the trucking history in America took a big hit. People got laid off everywhere. And so February of 1984, we just been a little over a year married. I got laid off. Man, we about lost everything. I had a new car, and my car turned out to be a lemon year for that car had hundreds of thousands of recall across the nation. And I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. And we had to move into this old junky house that cost us something like $300 a month way out in the middle of Devilville. Well, how you know it was Devilville? Well, I had a house full of snakes. Our basement was flooded with water. And because we didn't have any money, we was glad to be able to get that house there. We had, we had an old circuit breaker, what a circuit breaker, fuse box in the middle of the basement two foot of water swimming with snakes and so I was so glad the guy let me rent the place we didn't have a refrigerator we didn't have a stove and we had four kids we had nothing and so I'd have to go down there about once a week walk through the water walk through the snakes and pray and stick my hand up take a fuse up put another one in so electricity would go again it was bad but I said all that to say this I was talking to somebody the other day about my life. We live in a really, 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 really nice house now. Really nice house. Got a really nice newer car and everything like that. So I said, you know what? Nothing's changed. When we lived in the snake house with no car and had nothing, I did exactly do what I'm doing now. I said, if we had to leave this house and this car and everything we got right now, go back to the snake house, nothing would change. We seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. Back then, uh, I, I didn't. I had some guy give me a little extra work to do, and so I get maybe fifty, seventy-five dollars a week for always doing. God got the first ten percent, no questions asked. He got the first ten percent. Amen. I put him first, and so what we do now is exactly what we did that many years ago. We had nothing, but we knew to put the kingdom first. We didn't miss church. Whatever we had to do to get rights in church, we did it. 
And when I got called in a truck doc, there was a guy that I knew that worked where I was getting called to. He come, he come past my house and picked me up to take me 50 miles to the job. That's how we had to live. But you know what we did? We praised Jesus every day. We went to church. We tithed. We loved. We talked right. We used our faith for everything we did. And so today, I don't want to go back to the snake house, but if I did, I'd do what I'm doing right now. I'd preach faith. I'd preach love. I wouldn't whine. I'd thank God for what I did have. I wouldn't look at what I didn't have. That's a word for somebody in here right now. Quit whining about what you don't have. Start thinking of what you do have. One more time, you got to hear this. Quit whining about what you don't have right now. You think of what you do have. Amen. And so anyway, that's what I'm saying. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and things are added, not subtracted. So you keep on going to church. Keep on reading your Bible. Don't hold anything against anybody. If somebody wrongs you, you forgive them. Keep on going. Amen. You just keep on doing what you know to do because Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Now, now get this one, this one little nugget. The kingdom of God never changes, but it changes things. Get that again. The kingdom of God never changes because Jesus never changes. But the kingdom of God in you will change everything around you. So you put it first. You put it first. Don't let the devil steal your year for it even get started. Just make up your mind right now. I can tell you right now because I know how spiritual things work. If you've been born again very long, you ought to know how they work too. The devil already has a plan set up to make you miss Sunday. He's going to tell you you got a headache. He's going to tell you you got things you got to do. He's going to tell you all these other things are more important than this. But that's not what Jesus said. He said you put him first. And so no matter what happens, be smarter than the devil already in advance. No, it's the start of the year. If he can knock you out before the year gets going, he won. Amen. Let's stand up. Amen. Amen. Everybody just say this and please say, this year, I will not be tricked. I'll not be deceived. Jesus in me is greater than the devil around me. And when I put Jesus first, everything I need will be added to me because Jesus said so. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Amen. Give him a hand. That's okay. I tell you, it's nice. You're never going to lose out by praising Jesus. Let's make this, let's make this financial faith confession, break our ties and offers up to the altar, and uh, we'll worship Him. We're going to start this year off right, man. I already preached myself happy. Pastor Dave had that, man, I already, I already got mine. How about you? All right. But let's say this. As we break the Lord's ties and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. to the altar with us and let's worship the Lord together.
when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. What's it like? about you right there. You are the way maker, the miracle worker. You're the light in the darkness, Father. And we thank you that you've always been there for us. You've always come through every single time. And we're grateful for that. We praise your name, Lord. And we can boldly look into the new year and declare that it will be the best year we've ever had yet because you're with us. You're leading the way. And we thank you that you straighten out the path ahead of us and always show us which way to go. We love you and we praise your name tonight. And I pray that we would have open hearts to hear your word and receive it and that it would accomplish everything you send it forth to do this evening. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you can make your way to your seats there. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to have a good time tonight. Amen. What a good way to start the new year being right here uh, in the house of the Lord. This uh, Sunday is going to be awesome. We're going to start off uh, looking at our new theme verse for the new year. And uh, and so you don't want to miss this Sunday. It's going to be absolutely essential. Um, and the children can be dismissed to their class there. I think it's second grade on up. Their teachers are back there at the lobby so they can head back that way and get ready to go to their class tonight. Amen. Well, who's glad to be here? Hey man, I'm glad to be here. It's going to be a great night. And so the title of the message, we're going to go ahead and jump on in here. The title of the message tonight is Faith for the New Year. 
faith for the new year. And, you know, there's a, a, a few things I would describe us as, as a church. Number one is that we're a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. Uh, no doubt about it. We focus on families and helping parents and marriages and children. That is our unique calling in this community. And so, uh, we have clearly established that and don't back away from that. Uh, but another thing that we will boldly stand by and never back down from is this. We are a faith church faith church. Amen. And so, uh, it, it is essential, uh, that, that, that we, uh, take faith seriously. And there's, I mean, uh, so many, uh, things that we could just dig into on this all night about, but, uh, Hebrews eleven six tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if there is a certain thing that I have to have to please God, I'm going to take that very, very seriously. And so there's a people that maybe are trying to please God in a lot of different ways, even with good things. And maybe they're good at some of these things, but you will never please God without faith. It is essential. And then in place after place after place, even Old Testament to New Testament, we see repeatedly that the just or the righteous shall live by faith. And so for us in our lives, all the people that go to this church and this church, I'm telling you, we don't just think that faith is a cute thing or an inspirational thing. We don't just visit faith. We don't drive by and wave at faith. We live our lives by faith. It's huge. Everything that I have in life, everything that God's done for me, number one, I know it's from God, but I'll tell you this, it has been obtained through faith and in believing in God's promises. And, uh, and so I just want you to get a hold of this tonight that we're going to talk about faith for the new year. Don't just think like, oh, that's cute. Faith for the new year. No, listen. You better take faith seriously because the devil's taking you seriously and he wants to do everything he can to stop you from having faith and to stop you from believing the word of God. Faith is key. You have to have faith if you're going to get anything in life. I'm telling you that right now. And uh, Romans 10, 17, those of you that have gone here very long have know this verse by heart. If you know it, say it with me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that's Romans 10, 17. If you don't know that verse, it tells us that faith comes from hearing the word of God. That's why it is absolutely vital that you are in church hearing the word of God, that you are getting into the word of God at home every day because you cannot pray for God to just magically give you more faith. And I know so many people want to take the easy route and like, well, I just, God, give me more faith. Just dump it on me. Well, that would violate his word. It says that faith comes when you hear the word of God. If you're going to have strong faith, like the people you admire, you're going to have to get it the same way they did. You cannot be lazy and just ask for God to poof, bestow it upon you. You're going to have to get into God's word and take it seriously. But here's the thing. When you do that, you will get faith. 
I promise you, you'll get mountain moving faith. You'll get faith that, that, that will absolutely rock your world, man. It'll change everything. But you're going to have to take God's word seriously in order for this to happen. You're going to have to hear the word. Amen. Romans 10, 17. You're going to have to get into the word. And of course, you're going to have to do the word like James 1, 22 says. So uh, that's the, that's my precursor to all of this. Now we're going to dig in to the word of God tonight. Who's excited to have faith for the new year? Amen can't wait to see what God's going to do. All right. And so let's look at a few things here. Number one, if you, I want you to get this right off the bat, faith for the new year. Number one, you need to trust that God has good plans. Who believes that God's got really cool things planned for you in 24? Wow. I was after, I mean, I, we just laid it out there. Uh, uh, Who thinks that God's got something good planned for you in 2024? Come on. Yeah. All right. Who thinks that God's got something bad planned for you in 24? Wait, well, okay, okay, let's go. <laughs> so let's go here to Jeremiah 29. Very, very well-known verse. Jeremiah 29, and we're going to look at verses 11 through 13. But uh, now some of you guys are going to know a lot of these verses that we're going to tonight. And keep in mind that we've got newer people that they do not know these verses. There's some of you that were not raised in church. You, uh, you know, or you weren't raised in a kind of a church like this one. And so... Uh, I want you to really get these verses down. If you don't know these, write these verses down. You need to know these verses. Jeremiah 29, and we're going to look here at verses 11 through 13. And the Lord's saying this. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That's really good news. God has good plans for your life and there are plans to give you a future. Amen. You can't say, well, my best is behind me. You know, it's all but no, your future is bright. He's going to give you a future and a hope. Verse 12. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I love that. If you look for me wholeheartedly, if you seek me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And, and, and so get that tonight that if you're going to have faith, if you're going to trust that God has good plans, you're going to be searching after him. You're going to be chasing after him. You're going to be making Jesus a top priority, but guess what? Oh, you'll find him and he will absolutely change your life. So God has plans for you, even if you don't have plans for yourself. All right. And I, you know, I've just talked to some people and they literally have no plans. They're just floating through life. And I'm not making fun of that, but that's a sad way to be. You need to have some plans. You need to have some dreams and some vision. You need to have something you're aiming at, because if you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. Amen. <laughs> but even if, if you're aiming at something, you may not be fully where you want to be at, but at least if you're going towards something, amen, you're going to get something. And so God has plans, even if you don't, or even if you do have plans for yourself, you need to check and see if they line up with God's plans. Do you know that tonight that you may have some plans that you had put together, but you didn't check with God yet? 
that is not a good idea. Amen. It's husbands. You know this, that, uh, if someone's asked, Hey, do we have plans this weekend? What do you do? You always ask your wife. Amen. Cause she knows I have no idea. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, an hour from now, but my wife does. And so it's, uh, you just keep that in mind. It's like that for the married men. And, and, and so check with God, see what his plans are, but you can know this much about his plans. They are for good not for disaster. They are to give you a future and a hope. Now, sometimes when bad things happen, I hear people say things like, hey, wait a minute. God said he had good plans for my life. Then why did this happen? Well, the simple answer is he does have good plans for your life. Sometimes when something bad happens, it's because you weren't following his plans for your life. You were following your plans. And then you get mad at him. You know, think about it this way. You know, if my dad gave me directions from here to Phoenix, all right? And he's like, okay, here's what you're going to do. You stay on this path the whole way and, you know, turn here, do this, and boom, you're going to get there. What if I take off, you know, I, I, I started at the right place. I'm aiming at the right goal. I'm going, you know, I, I, we've got the same thing in mind here. But what if I decide, you know what, I'm going to take a shortcut. I think I got a little better idea than that. And I get lost. I get hurt. I get wrecked, whatever the case is. And then what if I come back and say, hey, what's up? You told me you had good plans. You told me you wanted me to get there. Why did this happen? Well, all he could say is, I do have good plans. I did tell you how to get there. You got hurt when you started doing it your own way. Don't blame me. That's not fair. You know, God gets blamed for a lot of very unfair things that he literally had nothing to do with. And people blame him, you know, call it an act of God and all these things. He didn't have nothing to do with that. He does have good plans. Psalm 139 tells us that every day of your life was planned out before you were ever even born. That is some detailed plans right there. And and, and so God does have plans, but he's not going to force you to do his plans. You do have free will. You are allowed to make choices in life. He will not force you into submission. He will leave it up to you. You know, that's just, you know, uh, uh, that's, that's what a parent does. That's what a good father does. I Listen, here's where I want you to go, okay? Here's what I have planned. This is good. And it's going to be up to you if you're going to obey the father. But we know this much. When we do, it always turns out really, really good. Who knows that God's ways are better than your ways? His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He's always got something good and planned for you, but it's not always going to happen unless we do things his way. And so even if, you know, we're three days into the new year here, I think. So even if 24 isn't off to the start, you had imagined just yet, rest assured, God's plans will come to pass if you stick with him and if you do things his way. Now, I think we could probably all say that we've been in spots where we're doing everything we know to do uh, in life, yet it seems like we're still not getting anywhere. Listen, sometimes these things take some time, but I want to tell you this tonight. Never start to question the goodness of God. Never question the goodness of God. Know this right now. God is always good. 
Another verse, you know, we're just going off a ton of our verses tonight that uh, that are our theme verses for this place. But John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. The New Living Translation words it this way. He said, I have come to give you a rich and satisfying life. I love that. And so if bad is happening in life, we know it's not God doing it because God doesn't do bad. He's not who he is. But we do know that there is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I know where to set my target if bad things are happening in my life. I'm not going to question God. I'm not going to blame God. I know that he's got good plans for a hope and a future. Can someone say amen tonight? Amen. And so God is working on your situation and you may not know how he's going to do it, but you better trust that he is taking care of it. Does anybody in here tonight, you've got some things that you're believing God for. You're praying right now, man. You are believing God for some things to happen in your life and you'd like it to happen in this season. Well, you're going to have to trust God even when you don't see what's going on. Uh, you know, we were just singing the song there. Even when I don't see it, it's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. You know, the Bible tells us to walk by faith, not by sight. And so it's okay if you don't see it, you still trust that God is doing what he said he would do. I heard this story about a ship that went down uh, in a bad storm out at sea, and only one man survived. Uh, but he was fortunate enough to land on a on a small island, a small wooded island, and with just a few items in his pocket, he was able to build a shelter to protect himself, uh, you know, from the weather and stuff. It was raining all the time, and and he was surviving. But every day, you know, he was scanning the horizon for ships, you know, just any sign of life that he could get rescued. Well, one day he went off into the woods to get some food. And when he comes back to his little shelter that he had built, it was on fire. Lightning had struck it and it was burning and he just had a meltdown. He was like, the one thing I had has now been taken away. I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. God, where are you? Yada, yada. And just going in and blaming God and everything. Well, in his misery, he falls asleep and, and he's out for a while. But when he wakes up, he sees a ship is actually coming in. It's up close to him. And the captain gets out and and runs up to him. And he's like, you're a genius. If you hadn't started that fire over there, we would have never seen you for miles out. That fire saved your life. Good job. And so this guy, what he thought was meant to destroy him was the very thing that was used to save him out of a very hopeless situation. And sometimes we're like, oh my goodness, this is the last, I can't believe it. But what looks like is going to be a setback in your life 
by faith, it can be used as a set up for something really, really good to happen. Maybe if you hadn't lost that one job, you never would have found your dream job. You know what I mean? Maybe if you hadn't broken up with that bum, you never would have met your husband. You know what I'm saying, ladies? Come on. And so what maybe looks like the thing that was going to be the end of it all could be the very tool that God uses to set you up for some really big things in life. All right. And so faith for the new year. Number one, trust that God has good plans for your life. And then number two, let's get real. You need to know that the enemy wants to stop God's plans for your life. Who in here knows that there is an actual enemy that exists? It's strange that statistically speaking, the overwhelming majority of people do believe that there is a God, you know, whether they are on the right track with that or not. But the, the, the case that most people are not actual atheists. There are some, but most people do believe there is a God and a heaven. Uh, but strangely, a much smaller percentage believe that there is a devil. Well, you know, we don't sit here and talk about the devil all day. But I'm well aware that he's just as real as God is. Uh, I'm not afraid because of uh, Jesus. Amen. He's given us authority over all that. But I am aware that he is real and that just like God wants to bless me, the devil wants to wreck me. But he's not going to it's not going to work. Amen. He can try his best, but his best is never good enough when I'm living in the protection of God. And so you have to always be aware of the fact that the enemy is real and he wants to wreck the plans that God has for you. He wants to get you off track and he wants to destroy this year before it ever even gets started. Now, I'm not saying these things to scare us, but to prepare us. So we're ready to fight the good fight of faith. So don't think that just because God has these great plans, they're going to fall upon you like ripe cherries off of a tree. There's going to be, you know, some things that God has you to do to obtain these things. And you should know that God's plan for you will involve you doing something. <laughs> it will involve you. You know, you got to show up. He promised us victory, but you still need to show up to the fight. You still need to, you still need to wake up. You still need to be alert and be ready. And so I'm going to show you a very strange Bible story in Daniel chapter 10. This is not one that we use too often, but very, very interesting. Daniel chapter 10, if you could turn there tonight, Daniel 10. And this is a story of Daniel had prayed a prayer and God sent an angel to take care of this prayer. And on the way there, the angel gets into some spiritual warfare. And it's just an interesting story. A very, very interesting. So Daniel chapter 10. And just for the sake of time, we're just going to look at verses 12 through 14. Daniel chapter 10. Verses 12 through 14, and where we're at in the story, Daniel is, he's on the ground, and an angel comes to him. And verse 12, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. 
And so, boom, Daniel prayed, God sent an angel that same day. But look what happens here. Look at verse 13. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Well, what is that? Well, that's a demonic power. That, 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 that's, a, that's a demonic force that is fighting against this angel. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Now this story is very interesting, because this gives us a little glimpse into some spiritual warfare. And sometimes we've prayed a prayer, and we're like, what is going on? I prayed, and I haven't heard anything back just yet. Well, in this case, God heard Daniel on day one. God sent an angel on that same day. But there was, I mean, this is crazy, 21 days he was fighting this spiritual force until Michael the archangel shows up. And, you know, you can study scripture and see there are different levels of angels. There are different levels of demonic forces even. Uh, but right here... Michael's one of the big boys, okay? Michael is an archangel. He shows up and takes care of this, and now this other smaller angel is free to get to Daniel and deliver the answer. And so sometimes we're like, man, what's going on? I prayed. Nothing's happening. I'm standing in faith. And maybe you are doing everything the right way. Do you know there could be some spiritual warfare taking place that you aren't even aware of? This stuff's real. This isn't fake. This is very real. It's in the Bible. And so you better know that God may have already sent that angel, may have already sent whatever he was supposed to send, but something is holding it back. Well, what do you do? You start praying in the name of Jesus. You start praying in the spirit. You do what you got to do, but check it out. This is a real thing. And the enemy does not want God's plan happening in your life. I'm just going to quote this verse, put it on the screen, write it down. Ephesians 6, 12, New Testament reference. It tells us, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. If you've got problems right now, you don't have people problems. The enemy is behind this. But what are we fighting against? Against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. You mean there's an unseen world? There is an unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so that's showing us yet again, we could go to scripture after scripture, but this is showing us yet again that spiritual warfare is a real thing. And this verse also, as I already mentioned, always reminds me that people are not my problem. There's something deeper at work whenever I'm going through a storm. But the devil wants me to get distracted and aim all of my time and energy and anger at people. And so while the devil's got you thinking that everybody in the world's your problem, he's coming in the back door with a U-Haul, stealing all your stuff, stealing your kids, stealing your husband, stealing your, I mean, it's stealing your joy, your peace, and you're over there fighting with people like a nut. It's his, it's his, it's his, it's his distraction plan. This worked for millenniums. It's, it works great. 
Because nearly everybody falls for it unless you know the Bible and you're like, wait a minute, no. I don't fight against flesh and blood. I'm not fighting people. I'm dealing with an unseen enemy here, but I know how to fight him. When I was um, 18, I worked at FedEx at the Indianapolis airport. And I just always think of this story. But, um, you know, I was a bold Christian. I'm not... In the workforce, I mean, I'm not there with a mag, you know, a bullhorn yelling in everybody's face, but you know that I'm a Christian, no doubt about it. I'm not going to back down from that. And so this one guy always picked on me every day. He bullied me in front of everybody, and he claimed to be a Catholic, and so he wanted to, you know, the Roman Catholic Church is the true original. You guys are all fake. And just go at me every day relentlessly. And I was mad. I hated it. I didn't want to work there. It made me so mad. And then he found out I was getting married and I never even slept with this girl before. You're such a fool. You don't even live with her. You're nuts, man. And he would just relentlessly mock me. And I was like, God, I can't stand this guy. I couldn't. I was so mad. And then finally on the day, on the way to work one day, I'm driving and I'm like, wait a minute. Here I am. I I know better than this. I was raised better than this. This guy is not my problem. The devil working through him is the problem. And so on the way to work for the next few days, I bound the devil in the name of Jesus. I said, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus from working through him. I I pray in the name of Jesus that not only is he just going to knock all that off, we're going to just become friends, Lord. And, and And I meant it, okay? Here's the difference. I didn't just pray that as a cute thing. I literally meant that. And I seriously believed that this was going to work. Within three days, this guy shut his mouth. And then I'm, I'm dead serious. Within the next day or two after that, this guy became my best friend. And, and, and I mean, just my number one supporter, you know, gave me money for our honeymoon, just all sorts of stuff. He just it totally changed everything. But me saying, hey, you know what? I'm tired of your big mouth. Blah, blah, you can't say that to me. Blah, blah, blah. Would that have fixed anything? No. I bound the devil. I didn't try to bind the person. And guess what? It worked. Amen. Because I don't have authority over people. I do have authority over the devil. Luke chapter 10, verses 19 and 20 or 8. I don't know. Let's start at 17. Let's go. (laughs) I'm trying to go fast. I'm so running out of time tonight. Luke 10, starting at verse 17. Luke 10. And so God has great plans for your new year. The devil does not want those things to happen. So he will try everything in his power to prevent them from happening. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to look here at verses 17 through 19. And you need to get a hold of this verse. You have to know this and you have to actually believe it. Amen. It's it's one thing to read the Bible and acknowledge that it said that. But that doesn't do anything until you actually believe what it says and then actually do what it says. That's when you're going to start seeing your life change. Luke 10, verse 17. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. So who thinks that you should use the name of Jesus when you've got trouble? Really good idea. Verse 18. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And we know that Satan was kicked out of heaven. And uh, and Jesus witnessed the whole thing. And then verse 19, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. 
and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them, nothing will injure you. That is some powerful stuff right there. And so you should know this, that you do have authority over the devil and his works. But you have to use the name of Jesus. You can't use your name. You cannot use my name. You can't just try to, you know, flex on him. You got to use the name of Jesus. And when you do, Jesus said right there, man, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. If Satan is messing with you, your family, your kids, whatever the case is, Use the name of Jesus. Use use it loud, use it proud, use it all the time. Use the name of Jesus and watch what happens. Amen. And then number three tonight, I'm gonna I'm going into turbo mode because I want to cover all this. I'm gonna tell you for the new year, you need to stretch your faith. Start using your faith. Start stretching your faith. Write this verse down, Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. And so, God wants to do, here's these key words, exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could even ask or think. And so I want to finish out tonight by taking a look at Abraham, the father of faith. Amen. Who's familiar with Abraham? You should be. Abraham is very, very important to uh, the beginning of all of this. But Genesis chapter 15, let's go back there. Genesis chapter 15. Amen. Father Abraham had many sons, didn't he? And girls and daughters. So... Genesis 15, and we're going to look here at verses 5 through 6. And the story of Genesis takes several, excuse me, the story of Abraham takes several chapters in the book of Genesis to get a good understanding of. He'd be a great guy for you to study if you're wanting to study somebody. But um, in, in Genesis chapter 15, we can, we're catching up to the life of Abraham here. He was a wealthy man. He was an old man, and he was very, very rich. He had everything he wanted except for one thing. He did not have a child as an heir to pass his, you know, pass everything on to. And you know, sometimes in our culture, we don't fully grasp how huge that is to a, a man back then. But it was a very big deal. Very, very big deal. And, uh, and he specifically wanted a son. But here he is, uh, by this time in fifth, chapter 15, he's in his 80s. He has no children at all. And God makes a really big, bold promise to him. Genesis 15, verse 5. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Think about that. 
He doesn't have any kids. And God takes him out there. Who appreciates a good nighttime desert sky, man? I never knew stars until I lived in the desert at night. It is beautiful. We have the absolute best starry skies at night. And no, you know, nobody else understands that unless you've lived in the desert or been here. But there's not clouds blocking them. There's not tons of lights interfering. I love to look at the stars at night in the desert. And here's the thing. Uh, there's so many, there's no way I could count them. Absolutely not a chance. And God says, count them if you can. That's how many descendants you're going to have. Now, the natural reaction would be, be like, I don't even have one. <laughs> it's going to have to, I got to have at least one if I'm going to get to two and three. But Abraham didn't say any of that. God makes this wild, ridiculous, outrageous promise to Abraham. And all it says is, and Abram believed the Lord. That's it. He didn't question. He was like, okay, amen. Let it be. And what happened? God counted him as righteous because of his faith. What an incredible thing. And can you see why he's called the father of faith? Why he holds a proud place and Hebrews chapter 11, we call that the faith hall of fame. And Abraham is right there, right at the beginning of it. And, and so Abraham, he is a hall of famer when it comes to faith, but he believed God. He believed God. Now we're going to go to chapter 21, but, um, in the, in, in chapter 16, um, Abram's wife, or at the time her name is Sarai, or uh, she, she's, she's frustrated. She wants to give him a son, but she can't. And now she's super old too. And, and so she's like, you know what? Let's just make it happen. You can take my servant girl, Hagar, and, uh, have a baby with her. And that'll have to be the kid. Cause there's no way I'm giving you a kid. And so they, they make this happen. And he, he has a son named Ishmael. And God said, that was not my plan. And Ishmael, uh, listen, he's going to be a wild child. He's going to fight and not get along with anybody, any of his relatives forever, neither him nor his descendants. They're going to always fight with people, especially the children of the true heir of the promise, which was going to be Isaac. And you look till today, you know, the Islamic people would trace their roots back to Ishmael. And once you know it, I'm not being mean and I could probably get all sorts of heat for this. They fight with everybody. Let's just get real. And especially the descendants of Abraham's other son, Isaac. They have fought for thousands of years to this very second they're over there blowing each other up and god and and god said hey listen i told you it was gonna happen but i told you your son was gonna come through your actual wife sarah sarai and then her name was changed to sarah well in between these chapters you see uh, god uh, talks to sarah and says you're gonna have a son and she she starts laughing and god says hey why'd you laugh she's like i didn't laugh and god says yes you did she said okay (laughs) So anyway, but chapter 21, chapter 21, let's let's go to verse one here, chapter 21 and verse one. And here is the day that the promise happens. 
Chapter 21, verse 1. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. And so we don't talk about this a lot, but it's going to happen when God says it's going to happen. Not a minute before and not, no, it's going to happen when God says it's going to happen. And then verse 3, and Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Now, having children at 100 does not happen very often that I'm aware of. That's not, that's not a normal thing. This is weird. This is crazy. But Abraham had faith. God said, it's going to happen. He said, then it's going to happen. It is going to happen. And Abraham believed God. And don't you know tonight that God wants to do some crazy big things in your life? Do you know that? But you're going to have to believe it. You're going to have to do what he says to do. You have a part to play. You have to have faith and trust him. But if you've got guts enough to believe it, God has the power to do it and to make it happen in your life. And so I'm going to start closing down here. I wanted to go. I wanted to have more stuff I want to say, but I'm out of time. So, but listen, when you believe God, when you trust God, it brings joy to your heart. Even if things are going really rough, if your faith is in God, you still have joy, even though life may not be what it needs to be right now. And so I believe it is so important, so vitally important for all of us to have something that you're using your faith for. Something that you have your sights set on by faith that you're believing God to do in your life. It brings about joy in your heart. It, it, it gives you, you know, some life, some energy, some, some fight, something that you're going for. And the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. I'm going to just say one last verse here and then we'll wind it down. Psalm 34 verse Verses four through five. This I don't know if they're going to put on the screen or not, but Psalm thirty-four, verses four through five. I absolutely love this because I love Psalm thirty-four. Does anybody else love Psalm thirty-four? I knew it. Psalm thirty-four, verse four. David said, "I prayed to the Lord, and He answered me." Who in here tonight? You've prayed to the Lord. He actually answered you. This is good news. He freed me from all my fears. Verse 5, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Amen. And so David had it right there. He said, man, I prayed and he answered me. Those who look to God for help, not to people, not to whatever else, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No 
shadow of shame will darken their faces. God has good plans for you this year. They're plans that are for good, not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. He's not going to let you be put to shame. He's not going to let you be embarrassed. He's going to take care of you, but you're going to have to believe him, do things his way. The enemy is going to try to stop them. I'm not speaking a negative word over you. I'm not prophesying bad things upon you. I've just read the Bible, and I know that the devil will try to stop God's plans from happening in your life this year. There will be resistance to what God wants to do. But the good news is you're going to overcome it because you've got authority over him and you are going to do things God's way. And it's going to be an absolutely incredible year because of God's plans for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Have we strengthened your faith a little bit tonight? Amen. All right. Very good. Let's go ahead and stand up together this evening. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited for everything that the Lord wants to do in your life, man. I love you guys. And I know that I'm just looking forward to hearing some of the things that that take place, some of the testimonies that we're going to hear this year of the things that God did in your lives. It's going to be great. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up tonight. And if you're here and, and you need prayer for anything, we would love to be in agreement with you. We'd love to see the Lord working on your behalf. If you need prayer, come on up. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in worship here for a few minutes. And uh, if you need anything at all, just come on up. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. And 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 that is who you are. 
That is who you are. And that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. A way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 And that is who you are. And that is who you are. And that is who you are. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things out tonight. Did anybody receive from the Word of God this evening? Amen. Faith is so serious. We live our lives by faith. Amen. It's huge. Well, we want to remind you men that the men's meeting is Saturday, 9 a.m., right over there in Victory Hall. We'd love to have you with us. And I really encourage you to be here this Sunday as we really kick off um, the new year uh, and, and teaching our uh, our theme verse for the year. And so be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and really, really give God uh, the first crack at your year and make him the foundation this year. You will not regret it. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. And then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we have seen in the Word of God tonight, Lord. And we are choosing to live by faith, and we already declare victory for this coming year, Lord. And we know that the devil, he doesn't want that. And sure, he's going to try to fight it. He's going to try to do anything he can to make it look like your plans aren't going to come to pass. But he's already been exposed, Lord, as defeated because, Jesus, you already defeated him. And so we're going to use that authority in your name. And we know that this is going to be a victorious and wonderful year. We choose to believe that your plans are good and they are coming to pass in our lives. We love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Can everyone say amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Let's do our Barstow faith confession and then you are dismissed. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. 
Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you this weekend.